Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson and I'm so glad you decided to check this podcast out and join us today. Guys, I'm having a great time in these first episodes going over all the main topics from my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. We're going over all the main things that us moms need to equip our sons with so that they are ready to face the big world on their own one day. I'll never forget when my firstborn was just a baby and an older woman peered over my shoulder and said, you know what your job is, right? And I was like, um, and my, I was thinking of all the things a baby needs. And she said, your job is to raise him to not need you anymore. And that stung my heart a little at the time because I thought, no, I want him to need me forever. And I think in some way they do need us forever, though our role will change. But really, our greatest job is to equip our sons with what they need most so that they can grow up to be wise, independent, um, just great young men that can be world changers, that can stand strong in this crazy world. So we're going through all of those topics in these first episodes here at the Boy Mom Podcast. And today's episode brings us all the way to chapter 11 of Boy Mom. And the title of the chapter is A Lot Going On, and it's all about raising a son who's emotionally healthy. So if you missed it, last week's episode was about raising a son who's physically healthy. I had my friend Aaron Mooring on, and I hope you can go back and listen if you missed that one. But today, we're going to tackle emotional health. And as with all of these episodes, we aren't covering everything that's in the book in today's episode. In fact, we're just covering kind of one niche topic. I think it's an important one, a really good one. But do make sure to get over to the book, chapter 11, whether you're listening on audio, which it's fully available on audio, or whether you've got the book in your hands. I hope you can read that because I cover the whole range of emotional health in our sons. This is a topic I love. I just have always kind of found um, all things psychology, mental health fascinating. I loved all the classes I took in college and graduate school related to um, emotional and mental health. And I think it's really important that we 
realize that we are people made up of mind, body, and spirit. So as much as the book covers lots of things about our spiritual health and raising boys who are spiritually strong, and then there's the whole chapter on physical health, there's one chapter dedicated to emotional health. And this is just something I love. I think it can make a world of difference in our sons when we give them a foundation of emotional health. And today I have um, a friend of mine on named Christy Thomas. And Christy is someone I've just admired online for a long time. She is a writer. She is a boy mom. She has a background in um, working in church ministry with children especially. And um, she lives in Canada. So Christy's a ton of fun to talk to. And she is smart. She has done her research. And I think that you're going to find a lot of encouragement in what she shares. Now, Christy's expertise is in younger children. And so we mostly focus today on talking about kids and anxiety. Now, I'll talk in our interview about how I put this out there on Facebook to just see how many people were interested in talking about children with anxiety. And the response was really massive. A lot of people seem to be dealing with raising boys who struggle in one way or another with anxiety. And like I say to Christy in the interview, I think we all struggle with anxiety from time to time. And I think every child probably deals with anxiety to one extent or another. I mean, whether it's just occasional or situational, the stuff Christy's going to share will help every mom, boy or girl mom. And I think even though we're talking about young kids, the principle she shares can be applied not only to older kids, but to adults as well. So I think this episode is extremely practical and encouraging. I hope you can take some notes, whether you're on your phone or have paper and pen handy. Um, You're going to want to take some notes because this is really encouraging. I do have show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And if you're ever listening to these episodes later, so it's not the first episode, that pops up, just search for it using the um, using the t- topic title or the person I interview's name. It'll the search bar will help you find everything you need in this podcast. Now, before I jump into today's interview, I want to stop and thank you all again so much for the ratings and reviews you've left over at Apple Podcasts and all the other places where podcasts are listened to. I thought I would just share one of the reviews to let you know that I read every one and I appreciate them so much. And if you leave one, I might read yours as well. So today I'm going to leave one, I mean share one from, this was from last Wednesday. This is from Love.Teresa Herrera. So thank you, Teresa, so much. Um, It says, Fun and Informative is the title, five stars, and it says, Love, 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 Monica's book and podcast. Yay. Uh, Her style and tone is so accessible, fun, and engaging. I have two little boys, ages four and two years old, and I feel I've gotten a blueprint for how to raise them. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with the rest of us. God bless you you and your family. Well, thank you, Teresa. God bless you and your family too. I love to imagine moms of little boys uh, listening to this podcast. I know that when my boys were little, there weren't podcasts. If there were, I sure didn't know about them. So I would have given a lot to just be able to listen to another mom, even if she doesn't have it all together, just to know I'm not alone. And hopefully these topics I'm sharing are really relevant to so many of you. And also know that in the future, I'll be covering all different topics, even things that are not found in my book. So guys, this is a reminder to email me if you have a special request. I've received some really good requests that have made me start reaching out to some people I want to interview for future episodes. Everything from raising kids as a widow, um, single mom topics, to special needs kids, and um, 
I am reaching out to many people that I hope to interview in the future, and I think you're going to find um, a lot of practical help. Some of the basic things, some of the day-to-day things, there's just so much that we can talk about. So don't forget to email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. If you've got a special request or a question, um, also in future episodes, I would like to start tackling some of your questions. I'm not sure if I'll do that in these episodes or if I'm going to do a separate one, perhaps, where I share one or two Q&As. But definitely send me your questions if you have them, and I might be able to tackle them in a podcast episode. So guys, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen into Christy and I talking about raising emotionally healthy sons, especially the area of boys and anxiety. So I hope you get a lot out of this conversation. I'll hop on again at the very end with just a few final words. All right, here we go. Hey, Christy, thank you so much for joining us on the Boy Mom Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, it is so much fun. You and I have known each other online for quite a while, and we share a few things in common, like being boy moms. (laughs) But I have loved your writing. I have loved following all that you're doing, and I think everyone else is going to love to follow you too. Those who don't know you already, would you start by just giving an introduction? Tell us where you are and about your family and what you do. Sure. Well, my name is Christy. I'm a mom of three boys. They are ages five, eight, and ten right now. And I used to be a children's pastor for a long time, for most of the last 12 years. But then just last year, I resigned just because I wanted to do more with my online writing. So I've been writing, I've been blogging, I write about cultivating authentic faith in the home. So helping parents pray with their kids and teach the Bible to their kids and do those kind of really specific faith-building activities. And Mm -hmm. I have been writing some stories and really just having a really great time. Tell us where you are. Oh, yeah. I'm from Edmonton, which is just east of the Rocky Mountains in Canada. So if you hear a little accent, that's the Canadian thing coming through. I'll try not to say A. Oh, no, we love it. You, you're welcome to. I love it. My first Canadian interview here. And, and I've got in front of me a lovely book that I've been reading with my son, Quinn's Promise book. I'm sorry, Quinn's Promise Rock. Um, tell us about that. Tell us about some of the writing you've done. Well, Quinn's Promise Rock and Quinn Says Goodbye are both my stories. They're children's picture books, so they're really super simple stories, like 700 words, but each of them deals with a really big, important topic that's mm. important in my mind anyway, and I think for a lot of Christian parents. So Quinn's Promise Rock is the story of a little owl who's feeling nervous about her dad not being there, and so he shows her through the analogy of a rock that God is with her, that he's big like a mountain, and he's safe like a cave, but he's he also comes with you like a little rock. Mm. So I've been finding that when I go around to preschools and schools reading the book, they're like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like, because God is invisible. And right. sometimes it just feels very nebulous. Like, God is with me. Sure, what does that even mean? But when sure. we think about his presence being like as sure and concrete like a rock, then it really helps kids realize, okay, he is with me. Um, yeah, I, I might still be afraid, but I know that God is big and powerful and he's with me and he loves me. Oh, I love it. And it is just a beautiful book. I mean, it's so well written. It's so beautiful. Every child would enjoy this book. So I just love it. And then the other one is called... Quinn says goodbye. So then that one, she nurses a little firefly back to health and they become little buddies. And one day the firefly is gone and her parents say, you know, the firefly had to go back to be with his family because he's healthy Mm. now, but she's really upset. She's like, God, Mm. why didn't you make him stay with me? I loved him. Why Uh. did you let this bad thing happen? 
And mm-hmm. her mom comes and comforts her and says, you know what? It's okay to cry when bad things happen. And God doesn't always stop bad things from happening, but he does promise to be with us in those hard times, mm. which is really something that I found true in my own life. When my sister was killed in a car accident 15 years ago, mm. um, I really found that, okay, my my life is not, it doesn't have this beautiful sheen on it. My life isn't easy just because I'm a Christian. God doesn't stop these bad things from happening. But he mm. shows me who he is through the midst of the storm. Mm. So good. And I love that though you make it a simple story that a child can understand. These are deep truths and obviously coming from a deep place in your heart. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing them. Thank you for the encouragement for our kids. Just what a great tool and resource for parents to have. I love it. Yeah. Well, this is great way to move on to our topic today because I brought Christy on as I'm going through um, the main topics in my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. We're talking about the things I have found most important in equipping our sons so that by the time they're grown, you know, my second just turned 18, by the time they are ready to fly our little nest here and go be independent, that they have what they need most. I broke up the topic of health into two different parts, physical health and emotional health, because there's just so much to cover. And of course, I see health as as spiritual, physical, emotional, and we talk a lot about spiritual things throughout my book. But um, but this topic of emotional health is a big one and one that I find so important. And when I thought about who, who I would bring on to chat with about this, Christy came to mind right away because I do love her, um, all the things she's written about encouraging children who might struggle with anxiety, who are trying to grow up with a healthy emotional state. And so um, as as I prepared to do this, I mentioned something on Facebook about uh, children with anxiety. And Christy, you saw the response, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was pretty surprising to me how many people immediately jumped on and said, that's us. That's me, my eight-year-old, my 10-year-old. I think this is a really, really important topic. Yeah. it's <laughs> Every time I've talked about it, it's really resonated with a lot of people. I was going to say, have you been surprised when you share about this, how many people come forward or reach out to you and say, you know, maybe I've never told anyone, but we're dealing with this. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people that say, thank you for approaching it from a Christian perspective as well. Just kind of, so my perspective is kind of a blend of science and faith. Like it's uh-huh. not just, uh, you know, a Bible based perspective, uh-huh. it's a Bible mixed with current psychological practices that I've discovered sure. worked really well. So people have found that really refreshing as well. Well, I love that because, yes, I mean, God is the God of everything. And he has Mm -hmm. led us to discover great things about the brain and about emotions and the nervous system. Well, we have a whole list of things that um, I actually printed out all these Facebook comments. A lot of them were just people saying, I can't wait. Please, please encourage me. (laughs) But some of them were real specific about things, you know, different ways that anxiety manifests itself in children. Some people talked about their kids biting their nails, pulling their hair, trouble sleeping, trouble with separation anxiety. So, so many of these things just keep coming up. But what I'd like to do then is, is talk a little more generally to just help the mom, whether or not your child deals with anxiety. Let's talk about building a healthy foundation for emotions in our child. So Christy, if you can just, from your experience, again, doing, doing ministry and raising your own children, 
children. And, and I think maybe some of this comes from a little bit of anxiety in one of your children. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, maybe you can speak to us about just some of the foundational building blocks to raising boys or kids in general, for those listening, with healthy emotions. Can you share some perspective on that? Oh, for sure. I was thinking about this for a while. What is important for raising boys with healthy emotions? And I think it's First of all, for us to have healthy emotions and for us to have healthy reactions to their emotions. They're growing, and (laughs) I guess the way I think about it is they kind of have an excuse to have crazy, wild emotions and not know how to handle them because they're kids and they're still growing. But I have less of an excuse. I'm an adult, and so I need to make sure that my responses are as an adult. So I used to have these huge blowouts with my oldest Uh. son. Uh, um, and we would be like yelling at each other. <laughs> and oh and then finally I realized a few years ago, oh my goodness, I need to stop this. I am the adult in this situation. I need to have healthy emotions if I want him to grow healthy emotions. So mm. over the last few years, as I've prayed and learned about controlling my own emotions. Oh. Um, so this is actually the son that I, fi- I finally realized just in the last few months, okay, we're at a point now where he's been asking to homeschool for years. And I always thought you, we would kill each other. (laughs) And now (laughs) we're at a point where I said, okay, we're going to do this. We can homeschool because we're at a point where I feel like I'm emotionally healthy enough that I can be a good example for him, you know, for him to be home during the day, we're actually going to be able to enjoy each other for the Uh most part. So good. And a lot of that is really on you, right? You, your (laughs) own personal growth. Oh, that is huge. I, I relate so well. And I've shared many times on my blog and mentioned in the book that, you know, temp- my temper was something I definitely struggled with. I think a lot of moms probably listening will resonate with the idea of, you know, not knowing you even had anger issues until you yes. have kids. <laughs> and then you're like, well, thank you for revealing this deep hidden issue. But kids can bring that out in us. And you are so right. I think it's Wendy Speak that has said before, it's kids' job to misbehave. It's kids' job to challenge us and and to act out of control. But it is our job as parents to know how to behave, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, that that is super good. So moms need to model anything else we can talk about for building that foundation. I think it's about empathy, too, and being a good listener and, you know, being a good listener even in the things that I don't want to listen to. Like, I have a really hard time having a really long conversation about Minecraft, but every time I get it, I start to tune out. I think, you know what? The conversation is about Minecraft now, but later on it's going to be about girls or something that's a lot deeper. So I need to start listening now so that he knows that I care and will listen. Oh, that is huge. I think that that's right there a nugget we all need to remember because you're right. If if we are trustworthy with the small things now, they're going to trust us with the bigger things later. So when they're young, we need to model. And I think that is just a consistent theme throughout our parenting journey is to model, 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 show them what it looks like. You know, I know I will talk about my emotions if I'm having a rough day or if they can tell something's up, I'll just say straight out, you know, mom's feeling a lot of pressure right now and I need to find some healthy ways to deal with that. Like I'm obviously doing too much. I'm going to find something I can cut out of today so that I can be in a better place. And I think modeling that to kids, showing them that it's okay to struggle, but then what, what solution can we find to help us through this? Um, We tend to just want to sort of hide those things inside our minds. We don't want to burden our kids with them, but just the way that we're reacting to them is already burdening them. You're right. So I just 
sometimes I tell my kids, I'm sorry, guys. I've been really cranky today. Here's a little bit about why I'm cranky. And I'm just yeah. going to go and hide in my bedroom now for a while. And uh-huh. when I come out, I'm going to be non-cranky mom. Oh, <laughs> I promise. That is, that is so good. That is so good. Tell me, too, one other little thing I have found along the way is sometimes when uh, our boys are little, I probably girls, too, but I think boys especially might have trouble labeling their feelings. So my youngest, you know, would sometimes just throw a fit because he is frustrated. But if I were to offer a few suggested feelings, like, are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling um, jealous? Like giving him a few options really helped him then label his feelings and then we could deal with them. That's great. That's really helpful. Yeah. I'm going to remember yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me a couple of kids in before I started to really realize, wait, I think he just doesn't know what to call this. Like it's, mm. it's a new feeling for him. And maybe if I help him label it and sure enough, I think as they grow up then they're better about knowing, you know, when they hit those tween years, which you're about to enter, uh, then they're able to say, I'm just feeling down. Like, it's okay. It's okay to feel it. Let's label it. And then let's deal with it. We can pray about it and find mm-hmm. some solutions. Okay. So next question, I want you to shed some light on what are some signs that things might be off in our child when maybe a mom should either move in close and start doing some work with their child or seeking outside help. Okay, so these are just some things that I've kind of experienced in my own children. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are more things, and I just want to say right now I'm not a psychologist. So right, <laughs> if right. any of your listeners are worried, I'm, I would encourage you to seek help from a licensed professional. But these are some things that I've noticed in my own kids, and as I've done research, I realized these are actually very common things for kids, mm-hmm. particularly when they're dealing with anxiety. So the first thing that might be off is that they're avoiding something. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're avoiding school or something that they used to like. Maybe they're avoiding gym class or avoiding their friends, avoiding preschool, avoiding being alone, avoiding the dark. That is a huge sign that there is something that is bothering your child. So yes. for just a really simple example, so my son's been actually growing a lot in understanding his anxiety and working through it this year. But he had a change of teacher in the middle of the year, and I kept waiting for something to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was yeah. waiting for it to hit, and it, it, it interestingly, it hit in a avoidant ways. So mm-hmm. he was avoiding doing his math at school, and nobody had any idea um, until he had totally flunked a math test, and his teacher did a second math test with him. And then she, she emailed me, and she said he was being really sneaky about not doing his homework, and I thought, hold on. Don't label my kid. First of all, <laughs> Mama Bear came me. out. <laughs> exactly. My child was not being sneaky. Let's right. talk about this. So I talked to him about it, and it turned out he really did not understand decimals at all, but he hadn't told anybody. Sure. And so he was avoiding doing his homework or yeah. doing any of his work because he didn't, he didn't want to do it wrong. Sure. And so that actually came out multiple times within that month in different ways. He was avoiding mm-hmm. a project in music class, so he went to the bathroom for the whole class, and then he got in big trouble for not coming back <laughs> because he was so terrified about this project. Oh. So avoiding, and sometimes we don't even know they're avoiding. So we just got to keep our eyes and ears open and not judge ourselves too harshly when we suddenly do realize something's been going on. Sure. Oh, that that is a big one. Avoidance. Yeah. yeah. I could. So, and then um, another one is really extreme emotions. And the more I, I talk to counselors about this, um, I realized emo- extreme emotions when you're anxious don't necessarily look like crying especially in boys it can often look like anger and belligerence mm-hmm. and kids yes. just not like they don't want to be with you they they won't obey you it can look like 
tantrums, being really over the top upset about things like a change in routines. Like, yes. oh, actually, we're not going to go swimming today. I'm really sorry it didn't work out. And they just lose it on you. Yes, yes. Um, change, that can be a really big indicator that something is going on. Uh, this is actually what my son and I used to fight about all the time. He would lose it on me and then I would lose it on him. Like, why are you reacting like this? I can't right. believe this. And then I realized it was come coming out of it, this feeling of deep anxiety in him uh -huh. and anything any change just brought that back up again yes and so for me as a as a mom when I'm feeling permanently anxious about something I'm not a terribly nice person to be around sure. like anytime my kid says something I'm like what yes yes <laughs> but, and that same thing happens to our kids they they are when they're feeling anxious about something all the time it's really hard to be you know kind and gentle with your <laughs> words right. and obedient and so they're just it can come out just as not being a nice kid. And yes. so that, then they, again, they can get labeled like with the avoidance, they might get labeled sneaky. And this time maybe they get avoided or they get labeled as a bad kid or a belligerent kid or an angry kid. Right. But really what they are is a scared kid. Oh, man. Oh, and it just breaks my heart. <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean, oh. I think about so many kids, even when I was in school, that I can think back on now who would just get in trouble. And you think if somebody just takes the time to sit down with them and, and dig a little deeper mm. to find out that, right, they might be they might be anxious, they might be afraid, they who knows what's going on underneath that. But it does take that time and intentionality on the part of a parent or a teacher so worth it. <laughs> okay, and I have I, a third sign that we discovered with our son that I want to mm -hmm. talk about. <laughs> and I don't want to hear this. That, uh, it's really interesting. So persistent headaches or stomach aches is something uh -huh. that a child with anxiety, and especially a young child who has, yep. they can't explain what's going on inside their mind. If yep. They're getting persistent headaches and stomach aches. And I, I discovered that this is not psychosomatic. Like they're not getting yeah. stomach aches <laughs> because they're just like stressed out. They're getting stomach aches because of what's going on in their brain. So I have a degree yes. in science. So this really interests me. Uh -huh. um, so what happens is when you're constantly under stress, the your sympathetic nervous system is it, it diverts blood away from your digestive system because your digestive system isn't super important when you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode. You need yes. your muscles. You need your heartbeat being able to go. Um, and so it diverts energy and blood away from that. And so you actually literally get constipated. Oh, and so oh. our son was always complaining about um, stomach aches. And, and we thought, I don't know, like, what's wrong with him? Is he right. just making it up? I don't know. And so one night he was writhing on his bed in pain. Mm. So my husband, husband took him to the hospital and they did an x-ray and they found out that he was severely constipated even though he was going poop every day so that oh might be a little goodness. too much information but he was going no. every day but he huh. was severely blocked and i didn't realize until later when i was doing this research into anxiety that it was just yeah like everything had just kind of slowed down it was sluggish in there because of his constant stress oh my goodness wow that is interesting yeah <laughs> and i think a lot of parents are going to take something away from that because I know a lot of parents who talk about their young kids who often have headaches or stomach aches and it makes you wonder sometimes there may be a real problem in the stomach but mm -hmm. oftentimes I'll bet this is really the core cause but I'd like to hear what you would say to the parent who realizes oh my goodness these stomach aches might be from anxiety how how what's the next step in dealing with that uh, I think the next step is just to equip yourself with some really good strategies Okay. for helping your child. Well, I mean, 
probably, first of all, wait, let me backtrack, go to sure. the doctor and make sure there isn't something physical happening. Like, you sure. know, we could actually help our kid with his constipation. So, yeah. but then we didn't actually get to the root of the problem until much later. Yes. But yeah, so go to the doctor, <laughs> make sure there's right. nothing going on there and then right. start equipping yourself with some good strategies. And then, and I can tell you some of the strategies that have worked for us. And then, oh, sure. you know, if those aren't working, then you definitely want to go see somebody that can help you more. Yeah. But yeah. There is every book that I read said, you know what, when you catch these things, when they're a child, you can, and you help them learn to deal with their emotions in healthy, positive ways, you can actually kind of nip anxiety in the bud and your child will not grow up to be an anxious adult. They can learn oh to deal goodness. with it. And we've really seen that in our son this year, this grade four year has been really good for him. Aside from this um, time when his teacher left uh -huh. and he had a new one come and we had some blips with the avoidance there for the most part this year has been a banner year for him yeah it's <laughs> it's been incredible I I didn't think he would grow out of that oh, but he has and it's what an encouragement <laughs> it's amazing so I'll tell you some of the things that we did so please first of all I think it's really important to remember that anxiety comes from a place in our brain called the amygdala so mm -hmm. it's just this really basic part of our brain that gets activated in scary situations. So our amygdala is really important because it helps us, you know, if we saw a bear in the woods, your amygdala would help you get away from that bear. Uh, it starts the fight, flight, or freeze response in us. Yes. And, you know, sometimes our anxiety is necessary. So anxiety, you know, kind of gets this bad rap, but we actually kind of need anxiety we in do. our lives. We survival, need survival, right? Exactly, survival. <laughs> we need some stress so that we study for the test the next day. <laughs> if we <laughs> never <laughs> experience stress, we would right. uh, probably not <laughs> do very good in our lives. We'd just be like, Ex well, whatever. Right. So uh, some anxiety is good. It's when your amygdala is hyperactive. Um, mm. that it causes a problem. So it can give you false alarms. So say you're walking in the woods and you see a stump and your amygdala goes, bear, 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 but it's really just a stump. Uh -huh. That's like what happens yes. when, when you're dealing with anxiety sure. all the time. So yes. that, that's what makes a science test feel like a life and death situation. Uh. If your amygdala is overactive or that's what makes preschool, walking into a preschool class feel like a life or death situation when your amygdala is going nuts. It's firing sure. like crazy. Like, oh my goodness, you're in a bad situation. Get out, get out, get out. Yes. <laughs> so oh there are goodness. ways that you can talk to your amygdala. <laughs> oh my goodness. Keep going. This is awesome. <laughs> so the first thing is to, to notice and name the worry brain. So you want to call that amygdala out and you want to teach your child that their brain, this part of their brain is actually wrong. So mm. the first thing that we did with our kids, and this is something that I learned from other people, psychologists and stuff, is, is naming it. So some people call it name it to tame it. So you want to name your worry brain. So in our family, we actually gave our amygdala a name. Um, one of them <laughs> calls his derp derp. And another, my, my other kids, I said, how about like worry bug, which I got from a book. And they're like, no, worry bot. We're calling him worry bot because we're <laughs> <boys>. <laughs> I love it. So, so we've good. had conversations about worry bot and talking to worry bot. Um, and so that's kind of the first thing is just when you notice that your kid is being overwhelmed by worry, say, wait, hold on a second. I think this is your amygdala talking. Or, you know, if you've got a little kid, a worry bug or, or something. Yeah. I've heard yes. it called like the worry cloud or just giving it a name so that you realize it's actually, while it's a part of you, it's not you. So yes. it's not your fault that you're feeling like this. This is something that's inside your brain that's telling you this, but it's not... It's not like inherently you, you are not yes. wrong. You are well, not. And what I love broken. too is I feel like already, and I know you're still getting there, but 
just even this far into it, I'm like, it gives kids a sense of control. Like mm-hmm. there's something there and now there's something I can do with it. So this is excellent. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you want to no- notice and name that worry brain. So you're calling it out for what it is. And this is very biblical too, though, for your, um, for your Christian listeners, you know, where it talks about taking every thought captive. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what it is. You're taking every thought captive. So then you're noticing it, you're naming it, and then you're talking to it. And so when you start talking to your son about his worries, you'll start to see different themes. So mm-hmm. for some, it's social anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my goodness, I'm worried that people don't like me, which is a lot of my son's issues. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe safety. They're worried that they're going to get hurt or that monsters are going to come out from under their bed or sure. something like that. Or maybe it's a fear of separation. Uh, so you'll notice that there are themes. And then you can start working with them to come up with some catchphrases to tell their brains when they're going wild. So <sighs> if you're a Christian, you can find verses in the Bible. And I have um, one of the one of the blog articles that I wrote is like 12 verses that you can use in very specific situations. And you can use that verse as kind of almost like a catchphrase. Like, okay, I've named you Ray Brain. I know that's you talking and here is what I have to say to you. So for me. So good. We're going to link to that in our show notes. We'll make sure everyone gets those verses. Great. So my, I, I didn't realize this until I started reading books and I had always thought, I don't deal with anxiety at all. I don't know where this is coming from. And then I started reading these books about what anxiety looks like in children. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that was totally me. Everything they were describing, I'm like, ah, apparently I was an anxious child. So yeah. uh-huh. um, so my anxiety theme has always just been about physical safety. So I used to be scared of crazy things that actually couldn't happen. Now that I think right. about it, like yeah. monsters coming out of drains and stuff nope. like that. Yes. But it was all I did and vampires and stuff like, like uh-huh. terrified. Like I changed my life because of them. Right. But um, so then my sister was killed in a car accident. So I really did have something to worry about. Sure. So for myself, I tell myself, this is my, my catchphrase. Um, what happened before doesn't have to happen again. Just because it happened once does not mean it's bound to happen again. You know, like just because some, one of my loved persons died in a car accident does not mean that's going to happen again. Because for me, I just feel that like grabbing around my, my throat when my kids are playing out in our very safe little cul-de-sac. Um, just because one time I saw a car zoop in there. So, I mean, sometimes anxiety is helpful because it helps us yeah. remind our kids, hey, maybe you shouldn't play in the road. Sure, <laughs> but, sure. but also it can just be overwhelming and, and turn you into a crazy person. I, yes, I remember oh, one time sure. shouting at my kids, get out of the road. And the neighbor kid looked at me like, what is what? wrong with you, lady? We play <laughs> in the road all the time. And I told him, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I am very anxious about this. He's a little bit older. I, well, I'm really anxious uh-huh. about this because I knew somebody that died in a car accident. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I just yes. told him that. But anyway, so sure. that's my catchphrase is what happened before. It doesn't have to happen again. So mm-hmm. you can make your own catchphrase sure. with your child or find a Bible verse based uh-huh. on what you're kind of realizing as you talk to your kid. The third thing is, so notice and name the worry brain, talking back to your worry and then being brave because one of those symptoms of, anxiety gone awry is avoidance we don't want to let our kids avoid things all the time which is our tendency as parents oh my goodness you really don't want to go to preschool today okay okay you you can just stay home I know you're scared you don't want to go to because I think we're afraid that if we push them it'll cause more problems but that's not always the case exactly so everything that I learned about it said you know what just take it in baby steps you want to work with your kids you don't want to force them 
to do something that they're like, you know, it's a number 10 on their radar. Beep, 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 we're going to die. Like, you don't want to force them to do something like that. But what you can do is you can work with them and say, okay, so we're afraid of gym class. Mm -hmm. Um, Or uh, it seems like all my examples are school examples. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I think it's relatable. Anxiety happens in other places too. So... Sure. I don't know. Maybe we're afraid of going to the park by ourselves, even mm-hmm. though the park is just right across the street. Um, yeah. Okay, so first of all, let's walk over there together. Okay, so, and then, walk, and then mommy walks back on her own, and I watch you from the porch. And then, yes. I, you know, I promise to be there watching you the whole time. And then when you're ready to go, I watch you cross the street. Um, and then maybe the next thing is I'm standing inside the house looking at you from inside my window. And you're crossing the street by yourself and coming yes. back. And then, the ne- and then so slowly, slowly building up so oh that goodness. their courage is built. Oh, I love this. I'm I'm just seriously like applying it already. I'm I didn't even know what I was dealing with. I don't think, but my youngest son Levi just this summer went through something that I'm right now in my head applying this to. He he had and it wasn't a school example. So here's another example. Yeah. <laughs> but he had um, a little week long junior lifeguards, and it was for kids his age, like third, fourth, and fifth graders. Hmm. And I just you know, he probably does have a bit of anxiety now that I'm thinking about his personality. We, we always talk about the Enneagram. I already mentioned to Christy when we were messaging that it's like, I think my youngest is Enneagram six, which for those of you that speak Enneagram sixes are, you know, tend to struggle a little bit more with anxiety. I'm not an expert, but that's a conversation for another time. But what I realized was anytime something new comes up, there is this really strong reaction. And so what you are just describing totally makes sense here, because if you bring up something new, even if it were really good, like you're going to Disneyland, I feel like the reaction will almost always be negative because Mm -hmm. it's something new and there must be something scary there. And so knowing that I was going to be out of town and his brothers were going to drop him each day for this half day thing right down the street at our local beach (laughs) with his best friend. And, um, but I was like seriously getting worried about telling him because I thought that reaction and sure enough, I found like the perfect moment about, I waited till three days before it. I didn't want him to have like weeks and weeks to have anxiety over it. And so I was like, Hey, next week, this is what's going to happen. And he did that complete. No, no, I'm not going, you know, this angry reaction, but right there, I was kind of following your advice without even knowing. It, I actually use the Enneagram because he loves to talk about the Enneagram too. <laughs> he actually, because he wasn't sure, he went online when I wasn't home and took the test himself. <laughs> and he was a six, so I cracked up at that. But, um, but I was like, listen, buddy, I think because you know that this is something that you tend to do, you know, you tend to react this way. I just want you to give it some time to pray about it and think about it and imagine all the fun you could have. Imagine, you know, if you're brave and you go, how much fun. And sure enough, by the end of the day, he came to me real quietly and he's like, mom, sorry for how I reacted. And he said, I'm, I'm thinking about going (laughs) as if he had a choice. I mean, he was going, (laughs) but he was like, I'm, I'm, definitely considering going now, but it's like he needed to just self-reflect on why did I react that way? And maybe this is something I can work through. So, oh, I just think what you're saying, I mean, probably all of us, okay, I'm going to say all of us struggle with anxiety to some point, right? It's Mm -hmm. just part of the human condition and our kids probably all do too. So this is so practical for, I think every child. So thank you, Christy. I love all of this. So these are the three steps and I'm going to put them in the show notes as well, because I just think they're great. Everyone should just 
write them down and, and practice. Um, so then being brave and that's just taking some baby steps towards the thing that causes the anxiety. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And I think that what you were saying, like when he went back to his room and was like thinking about it, I think like that's one of those calm down techniques too. Sometimes you mm-hmm. need those calm, like you just need to calm your body down because your body is in a, a physiological flight mode. Like it's either going to fight or flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so you have to actually physically calm your body down so you have to Mm -hmm. do maybe some really deep breathing which is super interesting to me as well as a science person um because the the belly breathing like when you're breathing in really slowly and holding it and then breathing it back out again um that activates the parasympathetic nervous system so it's the sympathetic nervous system i remember this from biology the sympathetic nervous system sympathizes with you and like (laughs) gets you all tense and then Uh your parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system uh, brings you back down again. It's the relaxation system and it yes. slows down your heartbeat, lowers the blood pressure, regulates digestion. Again, important for those tummy aches. Uh-huh. And that is activated by that really slow breathing. So you, forcing yourself to breathe slowly yep. can actually help you relax, not just because mm-hmm. you're breathing slowly, but because it's activating oh. a response inside your body, which is so Makes cool perfect to me sense. that God made it like that. Yay. Oh, isn't that so true? I just love that. I, I think deep breathing, it helps me fall back asleep at night. I know Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. Our body is such a gift. And I think God just has given us so many things. If we tap into it and we learn about it, there's so many things we can do. I love this. I think, um, so many of the questions here were about just how to help a child with, you know, mild anxiety. Again, like Christy said, if you're dealing with something real severe, if you're seeing things that you just know in your gut are not, um, in the normal range, by all means, please go see a professional, at least have your child evaluated and figure out if you might be dealing with something out of the normal range. But yeah, I think these steps that you've given us are great for just the general child dealing with some anxiety. And and I think too, we can just talk to our kids more about things than we realize they can handle it. If they've already had these feelings, helping them again, like I said before, label their feelings, but also understand that what they're dealing with, we can even call it anxiety. That's okay. It's not too big of a word for most kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if uh, any of your listeners are interested, I have a 10-day email series that basically goes goes through these techniques, but also kind of mixes them with some Bible stories and some prayer and stuff. So it's kind of a prayer and behavioral therapy. So <laughs> good. Sure, 10-day series. So if anyone's interested, you can share the link to that too. I will definitely do that. That's going to be real helpful to a lot of people. And also just, you know, especially for your younger children, get your hands on both books. We'll link to those. But um, these beautiful, beautiful books that uh, Christy's written will are just a great way to introduce the conversation to our children. I think it's so helpful to use story and kids connect with that and it'll just be a good opener for conversation. So Christy, you are amazing. I love everything you've shared. And I think we're going to end up wanting to have you back. People are all welcome to leave comments over on my show notes, which I of course will link to, but if there's follow-up questions or more people want to talk about, I'd love to have you back to continue this conversation, Christy. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But before we go, because this is my new thing, I'm going to ask you three boy mom questions just (laughs) to let people get to know you better. And we can all glean from one another's experiences and you do have three boys. So are you ready for three questions? Sure am. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, we want to know there's what is one boy mom essential. You cannot imagine living without any category works. (laughs) My headphones. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so <laughs> especially if I'm trying to do something when my kids are playing Minecraft with its uh-huh. insanely loud music or they're uh-huh. playing video games or they're just like screaming in the background, I sure. really like to just plug in my headphones and listen to some quiet music while I'm working. It's pretty so helpful. <laughs> good. Oh, I love that. Terrific. Okay, and here's a fun one. What is something you can do now that you didn't know how to do before becoming a boy mom? <laughs> I can make really awesome poop jokes now. <laughs> so here's this is this is my favorite one. Knock knock. Who's there? Youp. Youp who? <laughs> I didn't. Did you? <laughs> okay, my boys are gonna love it. That's co- that that will be shared. I haven't ever heard that somehow. <laughs> That's Such because I made it up. I'm amazing. No, you, you didn't. <laughs> I love it. You are not just a boy mom. You're a cool boy mom if you tell poop jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, like, in there like a dirty shirt. My friend was like, you were always made to have boys. <laughs> God knew. Okay. So then what is one thing you do to keep your feminine side? Do you have a girly outlet that helps you connect with that feminine side deep down? Uh, I was asking my husband about this yesterday. I'm like, I don't know. I never really thought of myself as a super feminine, girly girl kind of person. (laughs) But he's like, you watch This Is Us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I watch my sappy shows on my own. Nobody else will watch them with me. So sometimes I just, yeah, curl up with a nice sappy TV show or a a book. I enjoy that. That totally counts. Okay, and then... Um, Before we close, I would love to hear one piece of wisdom if you were able to speak to a younger Christy, just maybe when you were starting off having these boys, what is one piece of wisdom that you would pass on to yourself? I would tell myself to not be afraid to reach out to other moms. Mm. I waited so long and was lonely for so long waiting for somebody else to reach out to me. I just, as part of church staff, I always felt like I didn't really fit in with the rest of the moms at church. I kind of felt like they were always thought I was going to try and recruit them to do children's ministry. <laughs> so they were maybe avoiding <laughs> Which me. Which might have and, been true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. And And then I had, because I was part-time working I didn't really have time for the friends that I grew up with so Mm. I just felt really lonely for a long time and so finally I was just like you know what I'm just inviting myself and so I started you know making some friends and talking to the other people that were on the fringes and I've built some really beautiful friendships um, some of them with other boy moms as well it seems like most of my friends now have two or three or four boys Mm -hmm. isn't that interesting yeah and I can't imagine living without them now Yes, it makes such a difference. I do that. I tend to go into work mode myself between homeschooling and writing. Mm -hmm. And I'll just kind of, this summer even, I felt like a bit of a hermit at times. And then once I connect with girlfriends, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Why did I wait so long? So Mm -hmm. great reminder, reach out. And if you're in a new place, which I was when my boys were young, I know it made a huge difference when I finally started to connect with some other moms. So, well, Christy, like I said, I think we're going to want to have you back because this um, conversation has been awesome and you have a lot of other things to share as well. So um, we'll, we'll make sure to get you back on for another conversation down the road. But thank you so much for being here with us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. It's been great to hear your voice. (laughs) Ah, thank you. So much fun. Well, we'll keep in touch and we'll have you back. Okay, bye. Uh, Aloha. (laughs) 
Hey guys, I hope you got a lot out of that. I know I did. And if you didn't get to take notes, I will have a few notes over in my show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. So you will find a few notes and all the links that Christy mentioned. So be sure to hop over, have a look, leave us a comment if you will. And I just want to invite you once again to leave a rating or review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you haven't got your hands on my book yet, I hope you will. And I'm loving the reviews um, on Amazon for my boy mom book as well. Just want to thank you for leaving those reviews. It really does make a difference. And I think the book is getting out into a whole lot of bookstores. So if you happen to find one in Barnes and Noble or any of your local bookstores, please take a photo and send it my way. You can always tag me on Instagram at Monica Swanson underscore. So if we're not friends yet on Instagram or social media, wherever you hang out, track me down. I'd love to be friends there. Always say hi. I'm really friendly. I say hi back. Okay, guys, God bless you. Thanks for being here to have another exciting episode next week. So until next time, aloha.